You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. Malik Monk coming in and hitting a three immediately. Five seconds after checking into the game, certainly did not do anything to calm me down on the possibility that Malik Monk could improve a whole lot this season. I am excited about Malik Monk for no reason that I could consider rational, especially after the way that the Hornets absolutely were dreadful last night. It was an awful game. I can't be talked down. There is no saving me. I imagine there's a couple people out there in the world that are like me. Uh, I just want Malik Monk to be so good, so badly. And it looks like he's well on his way after a preseason game that means nothing, hitting the first shot that he took. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Malik Monk, like if you were to take any positives away from this game last night, and there's not many, it was really bad. Watching that game was torture. Malik Monk was okay. P.J. Washington was pretty good. I thought Terry Rozier showed some nice things. There was some hit or miss stuff from Terry Rozier. He actually shot a pretty decent percentage. Doesn't matter in preseason. Every conversation that we have until the regular season has to be spoken under the caveat that this is preseason. But Terry Rozier, 7 of 12 from the field, that's pretty good. I feel like P.J. Washington, Malik Monk gave you some nice things. Terry Rozier gave you some nice things. So let's dive a little bit into what we saw last night. Look, it, it was dreadful defensively, okay? I mean, 31 points they allowed to Miami in the first quarter. They allowed 32 points in the second quarter. And really, when I saw them in the second quarter, like it didn't seem like it was the worst in the world after the first. And then you look in the box score and you think, oh, okay, damn, Miami scored 31 points. But the second quarter, I was surprised to see, damn, they only scored 32 points. That's the way it felt. Surprised to see they actually gave up 31 in the first, but in a way that I thought it was actually less, and I was surprised to see that they gave up 32 in the second in a way that I thought they scored like a 40-point quarter. That's what it felt like. There was a specific stretch, I think. Once you got maybe halfway through the second quarter, they just looked so bad defensively. Look, they tried putting Billy Hernan Gomez out there, and this is the problem that we have with Billy. Billy offensively can do some things for you that can help you. I mean, we know about his rebounding. He's a good rebounder. He's a very good rebounder. But we just know that defensively he is so bad. They attack him in the pick and roll. That's the scouting report on Billy is when he's in the game, attack him like hell because he's Enos Cantor light. He's not as good as Enos on offense. And defensively, he's just as poor. Rebounding Billy Hernan Gomez is great, but it begs the question of how much is P.J. Washington going to play at the five this season? Or just backup five, because Cody Zeller is the five, and Cody Zeller is a good defender. Yeah, I, I like Cody Zeller. I like him probably a lot more than other people do. So Cody Zeller is the starting five, but what kind of lineups can you see if Cody Zeller is not on the floor? And to me, I just I would rather go P.J. Washington out there, even though he's the rookie. Just defensively, Billy is so bad on that end. And you might think, well, okay, Walker, you're being a hypocrite. You love Malik Monk, but you don't like Billy. The Malik Monk thing is, (laughs) I I want him to be so bad. The only reason I speak glowingly of him is because I want him to be so bad. But we heard it yesterday when I was talking with Doug. Doug's absolutely justified in having zero faith in Malik. You know, I think he did some good things offensively yesterday. You know, look at Malik Monk's stat line coming off of the bench. It was his first action of this year's preseason. You know, 18 minutes, he goes 4 of 8 from the field, 
two of six from long range. I think he was two of four at some point, and then he missed the last two three-pointers, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he had a couple of nice little uh, slip passes off of the pick and roll. You know, I, I thought Malik Monk, there were some some nice passes from him. There's another time where he tried that exact same thing where two times it actually looked to be pretty good passes, and there was another time I believe it was a turnover. But Malik Monk, I, I didn't have a huge problem with the way that he played on offense. You know, the percentage from three-point range wasn't great, two of six, but I mean, I, I thought Malik Monk played fine. Fine to even, fine to even pretty good. P.J. Washington, I thought there was another bright spot. How about P.J., guys? I mean, P.J., P.J. is someone that we all considered redundant, selecting him after Miles Bridges. Can these guys play on the court at the same time? P.J. Washington, just evaluating him strictly as a basketball player, how good are you individually? Nope, five of eight from the field, did hit another three-pointer last night, went to the foul line and hit both of his free throws. I thought defensively in pick-and-roll coverages, there was some things where I thought he got beat. I mean, there was one time Myers Leonard was almost able to beat him off of the dribble, and that's not great. But I think pick-and-roll coverages, P.J. Washington, shows you that he's much better already. Or I feel much more comfortable with him out there defending the pick-and-roll than I do with Billy Hurd and Gomez. And I like Billy. You know, Billy shows a lot of hard work. I mean, you see, that guy's always been, like, low-key ripped. I don't know if we ever talk about Billy being ripped. But Billy is jacked, man. And it seems like he got even more jacked this offseason. And he, he already was big last year. I want Billy to be good. And offensively, he can show you some nice things in the post. No, though. <laughs> I mean, what's, P.J. Washington is the guy. So when you talk about backup fives or someone that can actually defend, maybe a little bit more out on the perimeter, I think Cody has the athleticism and the ability to move laterally well enough to do that at his size. And I think P.J. does. I mean, that's part of the reason why you draft P.J. They've talked to us. They have mentioned that they want to play him at the five, and I think you can see him defend a little bit better. Of course, it all depends on the size. You know, if there's some, you know, unicorn out there, which unicorns are a little bit more prevalent in today's NBA than, of course, yesteryear. I mean, Chris Porzingis looked pretty good and mobile last night after an injury-ridden career, really, in the last couple of years, certainly. I mean, you, you see these guys. We know that. And, and P.J., everybody struggles with those guys. P.J. is going to struggle with, you know, some taller basketball players. But maybe because he is a little bit bigger, he looks a little bit stockier, a little bit thicker. Maybe he's someone that can hold his ground. And I'll tell you, like, I used to play post. And, again, I, I don't want to draw from my own experiences and put it into the NBA. But, man, I'll tell you something that always, like, bothers me in pickup or something that always bothered me in high school. Like, when you have a little bit of a shorter guy – but they're just jacked or they're they're solid, it's really tough to move them because they get leverage and it's just natural leverage for them and they're already strong. Like, that's tough to post up and try to get around. And so maybe P.J. can have that a little bit to him. You know, they, it's funny, you, you look at Kyle Lowry, like Kyle Lowry is good at defending his position in the post or even taller guys because you just don't move him off the block. The dude is solid down low. You know, I saw a clip, I forget, and apologize, I apologize to whoever tweeted this out. You know, somebody put out there about Jalen Brunson's post-defense on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know, SGA was someone that tried to take Jalen Brunson, I believe this game was last night. You know, he tries to take Jalen Brunson down low and realizes that, uh, you know, he tries to post him up, thinks it's a mismatch because he's taller. And Jalen Brunson, a thick point guard, two Cs, 
doesn't allow Shea to move him down there. And then Shea puts up a fadeaway. Of course, he misses it because it was good post-defense. Like, I wonder if you can get some of that from P.J., who can maybe hold his own a little bit. P.J. looked good. You know, I know Nada was a big fan. We'll try to get him on the show soon. I've said that a million times. I hope I actually follow through with it. He follows through with it. But yeah, I know Nada was a big fan of what P.J. has provided you the, the last couple of games. So I, look, this is this might be an, this is going to be another year where Miles Bridges, or, where it's it's the same thing, right? Like Miles Bridges, we saw last year where a lot of people weren't exactly thrilled with his ceiling, but he comes in and he has a solid rookie year because he knows how to play well enough to give you some decent production in his first year. PJ Washington going to do the same thing, you know? Maybe PJ Washington it, it gives you a little bit more, but. You know, I think this is going to be the same thing where he kind of wins you over with just his good, solid play. And then maybe people will be higher on him. And in reality, the ceiling probably is never going to get all that much higher than when he was drafted. But you're going to feel better about him because he's just going to exude solid play. We'll talk a little bit more about what we saw last night in that game against the Miami Heat. Trying to focus on the positives, there really wasn't much. So that's why we talked about P.J. Washington a lot right there. We'll try to continue a little bit more on the positives, but certainly we'll get to the negatives here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We have a Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content, patreon.com slash LOH. For just a buck, you can keep our hive alive. More on the Miami Heat game last night next. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay, <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot, there. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Last night at the beginning of that game, it felt like we might get a Dwayne Bacon game, right? I mean, Dwayne Bacon at the beginning started attacking the basket, always very aggressive in attacking the paint and attacking the basket. But last night, he certainly opened up that way and did a good job. I, I believe he was maybe two of three, two of four early, but then Dwayne Bacon did not have a very good game, finishing at least. That was something that he really struggled with. Dwayne goes three of 10 last night, took a couple of threes, missed both of them, did get to the foul line a couple times and hit all four of his free throws, but only 10 points on three field goals made, shooting 30% from the field. And a lot of them, like I said, just two three-pointers that he took, missed them both. And so Dwayne had a little bit of trouble finishing at the rim. Dwayne Bacon at media day, you know, kind of exuding that confidence saying, I feel like you guys know that I can get to the rim at will. Like he said that. I feel like you guys know. Like, come on, guys. This is Dwayne. This is me. <laughs> you see this body? <laughs> like, you see this, right? I can get to the rim whenever I want. And yesterday he did that at the beginning. And he was finishing a couple of times. But at the end of that game, just not being able to finish a lot of the bunnies. And the Hornets, they missed a lot of bunnies last night. Cody Zeller missed some chippies. One of six. You know, Miles Bridges did not do a good job finishing one of six as well. We mentioned him a little bit. You know, Cody did let one three-point ball fly. He's 0 for from behind the line right now. 0 of 4 in the Boston game. They're letting him shoot, 
but 0-4 in the Boston game, 0-1 last night against Miami. You know, six rebounds for Cody, a couple turnovers, one block. You know, Cody was someone that I, you saw him, I think, a little bit more in the post. You saw him go with the pick and roll a little bit more last night. Like, you saw the basketball in his hands a little bit more with Boston. Maybe a little bit more of the traditional Cody Zeller role you saw him play against the Miami Heat last night. But still missing some chippies. You know, who cares? It's the pre- I, I, I could care. I could not care less about that. I mean, that's fine. But it's just, you know, hopefully you can get this rust off and out of the way once you get to the regular season. Now, we do have Nick Batum suffering an injury. So he left the game, started the game, left it because of sore right Achilles injury. I do think Nick Batum is someone that, look, it's not because I think he's been the greatest basketball player in the world for the Hornets. It's not because I I think Nick Batum is worth the contract. I think that's well established. He's not, clearly. Clearly, he has underperformed. Clearly, he's got everybody angry as hell at him. Deservedly so, man. Like, I, I get why people are mad at Nick Batum. How can you not? I do think Nick Batum probably works best with a starting lineup and working with some of the younger guys, though. And it's not because I think Nick Batum is this exceptional leader. I mean, I've shared my concerns about the ball movement and the facilitating. You know, Dwayne Bacon's not a good passer. He showed it again last night. He tried a couple times. He just He's just not very good. Miles Bridges, he tries. I just think there are times where Miles Bridges will drive to the basket, and there will be times where it'll be clogged or there's a pick-and-roll situation or, you know, Miles Bridges will try to go and, and he'll just have to kick it back out because he can't see anybody. He doesn't feel comfortable throwing it in to Cody. Just – I just – you know, the creativity is not there for Miles, and that's what we talked about, the playmaking. It's just not there. So Miles isn't creating anything. You know Dwayne Bacon's not. You know, Malik Monk can do a couple of things here and there, but you know Malik is looking to get his shots up. That's, that should be his role anyway. That's what he was drafted to do, unless he can, you know, and he can help playmake every once in a while. I just think Nick Batum is the guy that, you know what, just just go out there and try to rack up some assists this year. <laughs> you know, like... And we know about he and Cody playing pretty well. I just think he can create some opportunities for some other guys out there for the younger players that go out there and play on the court. But he was out. He's got a sore right Achilles, so I guess that's worth monitoring. We'll see exactly how serious that is heading into the regular season. But he did suffer that injury. I thought Kayla Martin played okay offensively. Five of nine, one of three from long range. Three rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of steals for Caleb, one block. I mean, that's a nice stat line. Now, it's in the fourth quarter. Doug put it probably correctly yesterday when he said, I don't care about the fourth quarter of preseason games. You probably shouldn't. But it's better than not to go out there and showcase some skill. This is the second time that this happened with Caleb Martin. Like I, I thought, that, that's a nice stat line. Five of nine from the field, one of three from three-point range. Missed three free throws. That's not good. But three rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. Like, just contributing in a lot of different facets of the game. Zero turnovers. Got out in fast break, I think, a couple of times. Missed one, if I'm not mistaken, but did finish another. You know, Caleb Martin, I got to – we played that interview yesterday. Or we played that interview today. I I told you about it yesterday. I got to pre-record it. And, man, just a real smart dude. And very interesting to talk to. I enjoyed talking with Caleb Martin, and I hope that he just, I mean, just kind of, you know, interviewing these guys. You grow fond of them just personally. But also, I think Caleb can play a little bit. I mean, we know he was the Mountain West Conference Basketball Player of the Year last year. Cody Martin, you know, they both have the same body. Cody Martin 
defends and facilitates a little bit better. Caleb is the scorer. I hope that they hold on to Caleb in some capacity. Even if he plays in Greensboro, if he's deep on the bench here, I mean, I, I can't imagine that. I would imagine it's Greensboro for him, if anything, but I would like to see that. And last thing, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, I thought it was nice to see him hit a couple of three-pointers. You know, I think if, if you were looking for guys that you wanted to see shoot well from deep or at least hit a couple of three-pointers, it's Malik Monk, certainly. That's going to be the role. That's what you drafted him to do. And he hit a couple last night. Good job. Devontae Graham hit a couple three-pointers, but it was a bad percentage. So he hits two early, and then he starts letting them fly. And it just, the shot, man, I just don't feel comfortable with it. It's someone that shot pretty well at Kansas. I'd try to pull up his stats at Kansas, but I, I know he shot pretty well from deep with the Jayhawks. And you look at him now, you know, two of eight last night, that's not going to get it done. And I, I want Devontae, I think he's a smart decision maker. I do. You know, you look, I brought up his stats just now. I mean, man, this is a guy that shot well his entire career at Kansas. You know, 42% is freshman year, and then that was only on one and a half attempts. But then it goes four and a half, 6.7, 6.9 his sophomore, junior, and senior season. And he shoots 44% his sophomore year, 39% his junior year, 40% his senior year. I mean, he, he can shoot. I mean, at least we saw it in college. You know, are we talking about that one step back making the biggest difference in the world? No, you wouldn't think so. But if Devontae Graham can be even just average, I think average was 36% from three-point range last year. And yeah, that's going to be good numbers from him. Six rebounds for Devontae Graham. It's a lot. Don't know if you really care about your point guard getting rebounds, but, you know, six rebounds for him. That's good. A couple of assists. Did have a couple of turnovers last night, but, I, you know, this is someone that averaged less than one turnover last season. It just all comes down to shooting, to be honest with you. I mean, if Devontae Graham can start hitting some shots from deep, I think the defense will be okay. I mean, he had trouble staying in front of his guys last year a little bit. I, I You know, you wonder if you chalk that up to some some of it just being a rookie. But just just give me Devontae hitting shots. That's all I want. That's all I want from Devontae Graham. And he did it a little bit early last night. And then uh, the more he started to put up, they started to rim out, started to just not to look too good. And it just doesn't seem like a, a comfortable shot. Like he was shooting on my end. I was on the baseline on one end of the floor and he was shooting on my end a couple of times. And it just did not look good a couple times. Just did not look good like it did in college. All right, we'll take a quick break. Support the people who support our show like Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style and upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. That's Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. We'll talk a little bit more about what else went on in the NBA last night. Zion Williamson with a big game. It's up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now, here's the funny part. I was listening to this to prep it for the show, and um, my wife walks in and was like, what? are you yeah. listening right, okay. to? That's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context. If you walk in and you start hearing that, yeah. that's Darth Vader. I didn't have pants on. That didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, um, it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
I got to catch a little bit of that Pelicans-Bulls game when I got home last night. I did not stick around for sound for James Borrego. I left with about a couple minutes left to go in the game uh, with the Hornets and Miami Heat game last night. But I did get to catch a little bit of Pelicans-Bulls, and it was already when Zion was off the court. Didn't get to see a lot of Zion. But you look at the stat line, you got to see some highlights from Zion. 12 of 13, 29 points, just ridiculous. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. Looks like the Pelicans made the right decision. It was a tough one. Number one overall, who do you go with? I guess we'll take Zion. Good job, David Griffin. Excellent decision. I'm jealous. 12 of 13 from the field. Again, 29 points for Zion Williamson. All of it coming in the paint. Don't think he attempted a shot outside the paint. And we know how crazy efficient he was last year. That clip was just stupid. And he did it again last night against the Bulls in a game where the Bulls had the lead for a long time. The Pelicans actually end up winning this game. And the last lead they had until they gained it extremely late in the fourth quarter, it was when they went up like 10-9 in the first. (laughs) So the Bulls led that entire game and the Pelicans end up winning at the end of that contest. But looking elsewhere, I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker I thought looked good late. He did not have a good shooting night, but in the fourth quarter, Alexander Walker started to take over a little bit more. I think he was something like maybe one of eight or something on the field, and then in the last little bit, he hits a big three after missing a couple of free throws to help them win that game. Nikhil had seven assists. You guys know I like Nikhil Alexander Walker a lot, so he finishes with 13 points. You know, a lot of youth in this. Daniel Gafford was someone I loved as a possible second-round selection. That would have been fantastic, and they had a chance to do it, and they decided to go with Cody Martin, who I hope Cody Martin can prove me wrong, but Daniel Gafford would have been an excellent selection. Daniel Gafford, only two of four from the field, eight points, but man, what a monster alley-oop that he had. Three rebounds for him, one block. Fouled a few times, but Daniel Gafford showed up pretty well. And Kobe White. You North Carolina fans, 13 points, only one of five from three-point range, six of 15 from the field. Didn't get to watch a whole lot of him. He wasn't, I, I don't know if he played too much in the fourth quarter. Did have three assists, but that's the stat line of what it looked like for Kobe White. And then, you know, I know, I think it led off SportsCenter, if I'm not mistaken, last night. Orlando going up against the Atlanta Hawks. Excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks, I should say. Dallas and Detroit is what led off SportsCenter. And Chris Dabbs Porzingis looked good, man. Two, or, uh, two of seven from long range, but seven of 18 from the field. Seven rebounds. Had a couple of dunks. He just looked healthy. He just looked like he was moving well. And to put up 18 points is nice. Luka Doncic, seven of 18 from the field, just like Porzingis. Two of eight from three-point range. Eight rebounds and five assists. So Luca and KP looking very good last night. You look at the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta is going to be a fun team to watch this year. DeAndre Hunter came in the game, and DeAndre Hunter got a little bit of success. You know, 6 of 12, nice stat line from the field, only 1 of 5 from long range, 13 points. Didn't get to see what he did defensively. All of this is just box scores. That's all I got to watch was the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat. But DeAndre Hunter putting at least to, together a pretty nice box score. And Bruno Fernando, somebody that we talked about a little bit, made all of his shots, including a three-pointer. Six rebounds for Bruno. I know Lloyd Pierce said that he liked Bruno's energy a little bit more. Getting some tweets from Brad Rowland, who hosts the Locked on Hawks podcast. 
So that's pretty cool. And also we did, speaking of Brad Roland and just the Locked On Podcast Network, as we end today's show, we did get some news breaking. David Locke sent me the email, and now I think it is uh, I think it is news that is already public. You know, David Locke saying that Noah Kozlov from Sirius XM Radio will be hosting a new show on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's called Rejecting the Screen. So if you already subscribe to the Locked On Podcast Network in any capacity, make sure you look out for Rejecting the Screen. It is hosted by Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. We've had Noah Kozlov on the wake-up call with 7.30 the game quite a bit. Really knowledgeable dude. Excited to have him on board. So really cool. Make sure you check out Rejecting the Screen again by Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. Thanks again for joining us on The Recap. Uh, This is the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets. We'll have Doug again tomorrow to end out the week. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll join you on Friday.